Hello and welcome to episode 30 of series two of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. This is the final interview episode of the second series of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. But fear not, we'll be back in a fortnight's time and we're going to be bringing you a new style of uh, interview show while we wait for the third series to come out, which we're hoping it's going to be coming out in January. We'll keep you fully informed about that. Um, If you're not already on our mailing list, by the way, uh, that will be a good way to find out when the third series is about to be released. So you can sign up to our mailing list at engagingic.com. Dot com. But the in between the this episode and the beginning of the third series, we're going to be putting out some shorter magazine-style episodes, which are basically compilations from previous episodes, interviews. We're going to be putting together a different, few different perspectives from different interviewees on similar topics. And the first topic we're going to be looking at, which we'll look at next week, or sorry, next in the next episode on the 7th of December, which is due when it's due to go out. We're going to be looking at hybrid working and organizational change communications. So we're going to be looking at all of the challenges that we faced over the pandemic with hybrid working and how that links into organizational change and how we as internal communicators and employee engagers can be better tuned into this whole transformation agenda that we're working on, not just hybrid and pandemic related stuff, but also transformational stuff within our organizations, which we are invariably going to be getting involved in more of in the future if we're not already uh, getting involved with a lot now um so that's uh, what we're going to be doing we've got, we've got at least a two of those shorter compilation episodes that we'll have in december and as i say we're looking to start the third series of the podcast in january now on that topic we're looking for interviewees for the third series the third series of the podcast is going to be based around one of our own frameworks or one of our own models, which basically looks at the six key questions that our employees ask, uh, want to know, need us to help communicate to them answers which relate to uh, the, the business and the organization's general direction from a big picture perspective. So we're going to be sharing that framework with you during these episodes. And, and in each episode, we will be making reference to a specific part of it. So So we're looking for anyone who has a story to tell about transformation within their organization and the role that employee communications and employee engagement has played in that and particularly your role or the role of your team within that. So if you've got a story that you'd like to share with our audience um, and bring that to a a broader audience and tell us all about the work that you've been doing, that would be absolutely fantastic. We'd love to speak to you. You can get in touch with us uh, via our sign up form on the website, which I've already mentioned, but is engaging IC. If you go there, you'll see a form where you can get in touch with us and let us know who you are, what you're interested in talking about, and we will arrange a preliminary chat with you. Failing that, you can drop us an email at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. And also just there, just tell us uh, that you're interested in being an interviewee on the podcast and uh, let us know a little bit more about who you are, what what your topic is, and uh, we will Again, get in touch with you to arrange a chat prior to an interview recording itself. So that would be wonderful if, if if you are interested. And if you know of anybody else who you think would make a great interviewee, then please uh, obviously let them know, but then feel free to nominate them to us as well. 
Um, so that's uh, that's about the, uh, the 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 end of this series of the podcast and the start of the new one. Um, just one other thing I wanted to make you aware of before we go on to today's interview: we are running another one of our free events on the second of December, twenty twenty one, at three pm UK time. It's a webinar. It's a free webinar. You can sign up for that uh, via our website. So if you go to thebigpicturepeople.co.uk and go to our events page, you will see the first event on the top of there is is called transforming health and safety communications and training so this is an event where we're going to be looking at how we can make our health and safety communication and training more engaging less compliance related and a lot more involving for our our participants and something that's likely to make more behavioral impact within our organization so if that sounds of interest to you or any of your colleagues as i say you can go across to our website where you can book directly via zoom and we will put you into our registration system and you'll get a notification of reminders for when the webinar is you can find out some more information there as well and if you want to forward that on to anyone who maybe that's more their thing or is something that uh, is, is more related to their work either inside or outside your organization you're more than welcome to do so so as i said go to the big go to our events tab and the first event you see listed there will be the one that i've just been talking about so that's enough of me over to today's interviewee <laughs> At the end of series one of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast, we had an episode where we looked back over the previous year, which was 2020, and looked forward to 2021, which is obviously the year we're in now. Um, and that was an opportunity for us to reflect on what we learned from 2020, which was mainly dominated, obviously, by the pandemic, and then also looking into 2021, which we knew would probably be uh, similarly dominated by the aftermath or, the, or the, the remainder of the pandemic. So we wanted to do the sim- something similar at the end of series two which is obviously where we're we're getting to now where we look back over 2021 review what what are some of the lessons that we've taken from 2021 um, and also then looking into 2022 and obviously we're looking at this from a professional internal comms and employee engagement perspective what are some of the things that we can anticipate will be on our agendas in 2022 and that we as professionals will need to be uh, leading and leaning into going forward Uh, and and um, I took the opportunity to get back the guest that we'd had at the end of, of, of series one, who'd helped us to walk through that, and uh, we very for- was very fortunate to be able to get her to come back to do the similar exercise for us to do a similar interview uh, in this episode, looking back over 2021 and looking into 2022 from a professional perspective. So I think you'll find this a really insightful interview. My guest today is Jennifer Sproul, who needs no introduction to many of you. Jen has been Chief Executive at the Institute of Internal Communication since 2016. For those of you who don't know, the IOIC is the only independent professional body solely dedicated to promoting a deeper understanding of internal communication. Before that, Jen worked at Market Research Society and in a number of senior marketing and comms roles. Jen is leading the IOIC in probably the most uncertain periods for the profession and also in business terms as well. And Jen is also the co-presenter of the IOIC's own podcast The that is called Internal Communication in the Raw. And it's a welcome back, Jen, because this is the second time you've been on the show. How are you doing? Oh, thank you for having me back, Craig. Yeah, I'm doing doing really well. Like many, very, very busy and uh, lots going on, but 
honestly, uh, I can't complain in comparison to the year that we had last year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you kind of concluded, uh, it was the sort of penultimate episode of the last proper episode of our last series at the end of last year. So it's, it's nice to be having you at the end of this. And this is going to be going out. I know we're recording this a few weeks in advance. This is going to go out, going out in the sort of depths of 2021, right towards the end of the year as we, we wrap up our second series of, of the show. And, um, <laughs> So yeah, it's going to be interesting to sort of you know we might become a regular feature, Jen. Every every I year like we it. get you to kind of recap the the year that, that the, the year we've had and the year we're looking forward to, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. And you're still in Milton Keynes. You've not moved yes, during st- lockdown. Still in Milton Keynes. Still in the town of roundabouts. Um, yep. And keeping you dizzy, cows, I yeah. would say. Keeping you dizzy. Keeping you dizzy. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Anyway, as I said, we spoke at the end of last year, which is 2020, and I had a listen back to that episode um, this morning because I thought I'd re-refresh myself. A what we talked about and um and actually it was very it was very insightful because a lot of the things we talked about mm. i'm not i'm not saying we're kind of nostradamus like but we seem to have <laughs> a finger on the pulse anyway and you certainly did um and we talked about um you know a number of things that had come out of last year which was 2020 mm. which is that you know ic definitely earned its place at the table really kind of stepped stepped forward and and was being counted when it was most needed and that obviously we'd seen some massive seismic shifts in the use of technology how we work and um a huge increase in the in in things like awareness of mental health and empathy and authentic leadership all of those sort of things so that was really good we'd look back on 2020 and we'd we'd kind of recap that but then looking into 2021 we got our crystal balls out and like with the benefit of hindsight i thought would be useful just to maybe go back and look Mm -hmm. at what are some of those things that we kind of did come to come to pass over the last year um and then some of the things that kind of you know maybe we just didn't get started on or you know for whatever reason and i'm i'm, I'm kind of looking at this both from a professional point of view and also from the institute's perspective as well so just very briefly a kind of headline well what sort of year you have you had what do you think sort of year of the institute had and also what sort of year do you think ic has had looking back over the, the 20, 2021 as a sort of uh, the year of the the sort of coming out of the pandemic, I guess it will be known yeah. as. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and thanks for that, Craig. And that recap's really handy because, as we all know, I think it's going at such a pace. Sometimes you forget um, where you were and, and where you said you were going to. And, <laughs> and um, so it's always really handy to have that recap. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of, uh, of 2021, you know, from, from an institute perspective, perspective first of all you know we have still lived as you know in in sort of that turbulent time we Mm. have obviously we talked about the return of face-to-face which we have seen towards the end of the year and things like that but from an institute perspective it's been a really good year for us um much better than if I sat here with my crystal ball at the end of last year with you know a bit more nervous trepidation about Mm. the year ahead you know and obviously with my responsibilities to to run the institute and and keep it healthy and keep it growing and all those obligations um and it's actually been a, a far better year than I had anticipated excellent Certainly, we have seen membership grow fantastically, um, which I think is just testament to the things that we talked about at the end of last year. Mm. We have a lot that we're dealing with. We have a lot of need to come together as a community. We need help in our skills and our development and understanding how to, for us, make sense of of the challenges that are ahead of us. So Mm. Mm. from that perspective as an institute, it has been a really good year. 
we continue to run that sort of virtual world, but we are looked, stepping back into that, as I said, face-to-face arena, yeah. um, which has been wonderful. Uh, and to see people come together again has been just amazing because you can feel that palpable need in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that I've really taken away from this this year as well. When I physically got together with people, it was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it just shows you the power of, of of people and the power of community. And those are the things we talked about that we wanted to do more of this year. And I think that certainly felt more evident and, in, and, in and, what we've done. And in terms of the increase in membership, I mean, what what would you what have you pinned that down? Have you have you kind of got any feeling for why that is? I mean, obviously it's fantastic that the membership is growing. Is that really because increased awareness, or do you think it's it's because a lot of the people who maybe were not members but were involved in IC last year have kind of recognised that actually, you know, I need to up my game here. I need mm-hmm. to kind of professionalise what I do and and find out more, get more best practice, that sort of thing. What what what, what do you think's driven that growth in membership, yeah, Jen? I think it's a real combination of all of those things. Mm. I think from from one side I think there has been a, a certainly a need when we're overwhelmed with challenges mm. and things that we need to make sense of, you need to find your tribe, for want mm-hmm. of a better phrase, uh, and find those places. But also you need trusted sources. Uh, yeah. And you know people, that, that, that those organisations like us, that yes, we, we are here to help advance the practice, to make sense, to provide skills, to provide professional development. But we're also here to provide credibility. And I think that that's something that as a professional community, we want more of because Mm. we have finally got that awareness. So I think there's been an absolute drive amongst our community to seek that further credibility. And we talk a lot of it about the professionalization agenda, Mm. about, you know, we are think there are standards and skills and activities that we need to adhere to. And actually being part of an organization that validates that is really important to us. So I think that that's been a big drive. But I think also as well, just because there is so much going on, we need to up our learning. Mm. We need to keep our finger on the trends. We need to keep involving ourselves in dialogue and community and keep sharing. And we've tried to do more of those things this year. Yes, a lot of that virtually as well, but things like we've launched huddles where people are dealing with specific challenges. So just Mm. to bring together a group of like-minded professionals across a range of sectors to go, I've got this challenge. How's it going for you? What are you doing? What does that look like? So I think there's been a need for that, the dialogue and the community, but also that, that drive towards professionalization and a credibility that organizations like the, like the IOIC kind of stand out as the thing that they can provide um, because that's the very reason for our being. Yeah, I agree. I think I, we found that with you because obviously, you know, with, with the local chapter that we're involved in, we found that where we, where we've had most, not, I wouldn't say most people attending because I guess it's not not a case of like you know more, more people have signed up for it, but where we've run events where it's just actually just been, it's been a kind of open mic almost. You know, people have kind of brought an issue and we've we've kind of kicked it around amongst a kind of community of people there who've turned up for that meeting. We found that the people have found those more interesting and useful than where we've kind of set up a guest speaker. You know, I'm talking about online online still here. Yeah. So I think there is a genuine need just to. Uh, uh, you, like you say, I like I like your analogy. You know, kind of find that, find your community, find your club, find the people who are having similar issues to you, and 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 find out what, how they're dealing with them, and and for also get that reassurance and validation that oh, I did that thing, and yeah, it was the right thing to have done. Have, have done, but I, you know, without having that network around you within your own organisation, mm-hmm. sometimes you it is a, it can be a bit lonely, can't it? So I think that's really important. We're not meant for isolation. 
<laughs> we're just no, not as social no. creatures in our in our dna and our makeup we're not meant for isolation mm, yeah we're not meant to figure things out on our own mm, we're mm. not meant to, to to we need to 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 just express and to converse and to yeah. challenge that's and that's really important we talked as well you know at the end of last year about the, the focus on well-being and mm. yes there's been a focus on well-being in what we're doing to support our people in our organizations but there's also a need to focus on our own well-being as yeah. a profession mm. and organizations and communities can really help you deal with that because if you sit at home in isolation thinking why can't I don't understand this mm. what what's that challenge how do I overcome that when you minute mm. you have a dialogue and you share that with somebody, it changes the way you feel. It does. Not necessarily walk away with the answer, but you'll certainly no. feel lighter yeah. than when you walked into the conversation. Yeah. Just articulating it to someone mm. who gets it, I think it can can change your own frame without them even saying anything. It's it's you know, it's the kind of coaching paradox, isn't it? That often your good coach just doesn't say anything, they just listen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um you, the, I know a big thing this year and, and I I've spoken to a few people um, about this. We've had a couple of interviews. I had Kirsty Bowen on this mm. uh, recently talking about the I Cho- Cho- Choose IC campaign, mm. which I know has been a big focus this year, and I've heard a lot about it. How's how's that gone? As a, as a, I know it's, it's been a difficult really time to well. have launched. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone really well. Uh, and this is, you know, you go back to the mantra of why organisations like us exist, and this has been, I guess, a, it's a big passion project of mm. ours. Mm. Um but it's 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 the intangible of why we exist because one thing that we have certainly found when we talk about this professionalization agenda is that we have as a community we need to do more to attract a pipeline of talent and diverse mm. talent mm. we need to we need to have a, a pipeline and a community of people coming forward from a range of learnings disciplines you know ethnicities experiences characteristics um, but one thing that that I think as a profession, we need to get a lot better at is creating those opportunities for people to enter the profession. Mm. Um, Something we certainly notice as an institute, we have a lot of sort of manager up levels, people that come fall into, as we talk a lot about, about the profession. And through I Choose I See, what we've actively done is reached out to a variety of universities and it has gone incredibly well. and through our ambassador program, we have been able to put in front of, of more diverse uh, talent a range of passionate advocates to explain what a career in internal communication can look like yeah, yeah. and what that means. So suddenly these amazing students are suddenly going, well, maybe I should consider that rather than find it five, ten years on. Yeah. So from that point of view, and we've run things like we worked with, uh, I think it was Loughborough University, where we're doing lots of stuff around business um, challenge weeks. So we're working with universities to uh, on initiatives where they're sort of doing challenges for students and they're presenting their thinking to a group of senior um, IC members. Okay. So it's really helping them to learn and understand the excitement that exists. And also, we're not just talking to comms graduates, we're talking to a wide range of graduates and I've done a few sessions myself and to walk away with more people going I'd never thought about that as a career Mm, choice mm. now I will yeah I think it leads us on to our next challenge though one that's one that we'll take into 2022 and one I think is a profession we need to work harder at Um, we've certainly we've done our hiring guide um, this year is to think about how we're standardizing um, job descriptions and actually creating that sense of progression and pathway yeah. in the profession. But I think taking that into 2022, there is more work to be done on creating those opportunities. Well, you know, we're that, looking at how we can work on internship programs so that we can get that talent in. And that's yeah. something we need to work on. 
Yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk about that because that's yeah. a nice sort of pivot into into twenty twenty two then, and and what some of the big challenges are. So, so let's start with that, and then maybe mm-hmm. pick out what you see as some of the things that you anticipate that the, the both the institute and also the profession mm-hmm. are going to be um, coming to terms with helping to address and and wrestling with over the next few the next 12 months so just do you want to expand on what you were just saying there then jen about yeah, about this yeah, yeah no absolutely so it's it's going to be something i think that's continuous it i choose i see doesn't have an end point no um it will go on um forever and ever um and we hope so because it's really important that we attract that talent mm. but going into next year we also need to think about our responsibilities in regards to things like social mobility so one of our plans into next year is yes we have focused largely in 2021 on those undergraduates in degree programs but actually what more can we do with school leavers how can mm. we get in into schools to actually and then create opportunities for those people to join the profession where perhaps they don't have financial access to qualifications or to study. So one of the things in 2022 we want to do more work on is, and it will be small steps. It's, yeah. it's never going to be a giant leap and it will take time and it will take persistence. Yeah. It will take consistency and it will take years. But in terms of our focus for next year is to, first of all, think about what we're doing to talk to school leavers. Yeah. And then the other element we're looking at is how can we work with our members um, and put uh, conversations with them to think about how they're creating the opportunities for those individuals. Right. So whether that would be things like we're looking at an internship directory. So, you know, what organizations are offering work placement versus, um, you know, work experience versus internships, but also we will also, of course, fundamental to that is making sure that we have that based on a good set of standards and that we advocate for good ethical uh, programs for those people you know where that will take us after that is then continuing to campaign I think within our community about w- what's that hiring process what's that career pathway look like mm. within our profession you know many others have a you know we can go off into specialisms do we have specialisms do we have starter to mid mm. to senior mm. do we have routes that people can go off to how are we creating that pathway and that pipeline mm. um, and there is progress being made all the time Mm. But I still feel there's a lot more progress to do because mm. that, in essence, drives us towards becoming a bigger professional community mm. Mm. of re- a good, diverse talent. Mm. Oh, um, absolutely, yeah. So no, that's I think for I, us a really big agenda. Next I, year. I can see, yeah, I can hear, I can, mm. I can imagine. And as you say, I think, I think that you, I think you, I choose, I see being being a kind of. Uh, a, a kind of a, a long-term mission that that will always be there'll always be something you can do to to make it to to, to drive that is is a is a is a sort of insightful way and not just seeing it as a sort of short-term campaign no, um, absolutely not. yeah so what else in 2022 then maybe yeah. maybe some more kind of not not that they're not pra- practical they're very mm. practical things but some more maybe kind of nuts and bolts things mm. that you envisage will be some challenges that the profession mm. will need to, to to lean into in 2022 Yes. I mean, I think another thing that we've, we've talked a lot about this year, we'll continue to talk about, as we say, next year, it, it is the future of internal communication. Mm. What I think are, are fundamental challenges, you know, we've come out of a pandemic. Well, you could say we are still in a pandemic, but mm. we're, we're, we're coming back to that sense of normality uh, and trying to, to make sense of that and trying to see where our opportunities as a profession exist. And I've had many fascinating conversations and we've produced reports and, and, and podcast episodes our, ourselves to think mm. about these things, about well, what are those opportunities? What is the future remit 
if you like, of our mm. profession and how do we rise to that? We know we're dealing with with hybrid working. I might you might call it flexible working, whatever terminology works for you. Mm. We know we're dealing with pace. Pace is a real challenge. We know we're dealing with burnout, well-being challenges. We also know that we can't go back to um, less human, empathetic and authentic style communication mm. and leadership. Mm. And I think some of the things that we've really uncovered this year that we need to work through next year is this this idea of actually what is the future? The future is community. The future is collaboration. The future mm. is innovation. And, and, and how do we create great organizations, great cultural organizations that retain, grow their talent, drive the, the innovation, the productivity, the talent? the attraction, the retention, and there is a lot that we need to, to make mm. sense of. Mm. So it's thinking, and I think the challenge this year has been, there isn't necessarily a complete answer as to how. We just know that actually we need to look at things from a centre of the opportunity about being, actually communication, it should be a sideline to leadership. If you communicate, you lead. That's the yeah. fundamental. yeah. Yeah, and and that is a great opportunity for our profession. And yeah. now we have this ear next to us, where perhaps yes, the finance director is there, but now they're looking to their comms going because if you you can't you can't not afford to get this right. Yeah. Um, and the power of how we say and what we say is really important. Yeah. So I think for us next year is trying to think about well, we know community, we know change management, and change is changing. You know, emergent change. We know how we facilitate the ways of working and the ways of communicating in a hybrid organization with different preferences, different styles, as well as working in a very um, pressurized societal and economic environment. Yeah. The economics are challenging, but the societal pressures are challenging. Doing the right thing yeah. is paramount to an organization's success. So I think that we know all those things. So as we look to next year, it's like, well, we need to keep talking about this. We need yeah. to keep trialing and erroring together. And where we can as an institute, let's make sure we provide best practice advice where we have it, yeah. or if not, at least continue that community involvement. So we want to do more next year Next year to, to reflect on what we've talked about this year and try and then, I guess, evidence that in action yeah. and actually implication of, well, how do we do things differently as a consequence of that? Yeah. Whether that's through guides, conversations, you know, continual talking, those are the things that, that we need to make more sense of as a, as a profession next year in IOIC. We want to do more to enable that. We know listening is important, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We know leadership and line management is important, for example. So we'll keep going on those issues, but keep trying to drive us to a point of going, what have we learned? How yeah. did that go? How yeah. can we do it differently? So we feel like it's not just talking around a topic. We're learning as we go. And let's let's try and facilitate that learning. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 had an interview uh, we had an interview um, recently that's gone out, uh, which was with um, uh, and I was going to talk to you about this after mm. after we'd finished recording today, actually, <laughs> but but not the interview, but the, mm. the actually the, 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 I spoke with Mark Dollins and John Stemmel mm. from from the US, and they've just written a book called Engaging Employees Through Strategic Communication, and we we had a really interesting conversation around about change management um, as as a capability that internal communicators need to embrace mm. and really be good at as well, yeah. not not, not yeah. just just at you know kind of good um good with technology good with you know sort of copy writing and journalistic
analytic skills and that sort of thing and creating great content really need to understand the psychology mm-hmm. of change and how as comms people we play a massively integral role in that um, and he came up with a really interesting statement um, which was if a rising executive uh, within an organization doesn't have a positive experience with an internal communicator by the time they get to director level basically you've lost them and their mm-hmm. focus will be mainly on external things rather than people and internal and mm-hmm. I just thought that was a really interesting yeah. kind of thought because that mm-hmm. really bears out with my experience as well with you know the kind of people who were really good at, at, at kind of getting understanding the psychology of people and change had had that exposure at an early stage either through line management or or they you know they kind of got whereas the people who'd kind of been isolated from that and had kind of lived in a bit of a bubble and maybe been you know kind of very very their career was very much based on technical skills rather than people mm-hmm. and, and i think that's a really key role that we have as internal communicators who actually recognize that um our part of our role is to recruit uh, our senior leaders to be advocates for what we do mm-hmm. rather than just assuming that they kind of get it because i don't think they always do absolutely um, absolutely yeah. and i think that's a fascinating thing and i think this thing around change i had a conversation we've been talking a lot and we that's something we're working on actually as a as a, as a guidance material for, for next mm-hmm. year mm-hmm is is change management as a as a discipline we need to understand it but we, one of the things i often say is we can't think of it as a gantt chart no and that's sometimes where we get it wrong because we sort of go well somebody somewhere else at leadership they make decisions um they can't change then they tell us what the change is and then we've just got to inform people of the change yeah. uh, and drive that behavior what yeah. you're gonna what we're gonna see really different over the coming years and this is this thing about businesses needing to keep up with pace and innovation um and be agility uh, this agility is- issue is going to be really really key is this theory of emergent change yes. and actually that's born into good listening Mm. And that should be something as a skill base that we absolutely dial up because emergent change is rather than waiting for somebody over that over the top who perhaps doesn't know the detail of the organization or the problems in the organization. Because when you get so large, you don't mm. actually, how are we enabling emergent change to come from the ground up? Mm, and that's going to have to happen through, through listening, through dialogue, through human understanding. And actually, therefore there's the opportunity for the internal communicators to become drivers of change not implementers of change absolutely and yeah and just to be clear when you know when we, mm-hmm. we, 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 we the, what, what, what i think change management is sometimes as you write it, it kind mm-hmm. of you know it's prince too and and yeah. gantt charts and pert charts and all that sort of thing which is useful mm-hmm. but, absolutely. but I, I think we, yeah <laughs> absolutely we were coming at it from the perspective of you know like ad car so awareness design knowledge uh, ability reinforcement and really very much from a kind of mm-hmm. human perspective mm-hmm. of making sure that people know why we're changing feel as though they've got some skin in the game feel as yeah. though you know a, a sense of urgency to do something differently mm-hmm. rather than just you, you know we're doing it for cost saving or we need we need to do another reorg uh, you guys just need to sort of go along with it you know we need to start from a human perspective and, and internal communicators i think are good at that yes, but they need totally. to they need to champion that more mm-hmm. more vociferously i think when yes. they're involved in those sorts of projects yeah um, i agree um okay great so we've got we've got we've got the kind of continuing professionalization agenda we've got the kind of you know the the whole overall competency and capability agenda that we need to be really kind of being mindful of um i mean one of the things that i'm i mean we've probably done it to death a little bit to a certain extent but you know the whole kind of way of working and how we're going to be working and 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 you know uh, i think we've all kind of hybrid is the kind of thing that everybody talks about 
about, but nobody's got a consistent definition of it. And there's all sorts yeah. of inherent paradoxes, I think, about, mm -hmm. you know, well, we'll come into the office to do when we need to do all the collaborative stuff, and then we'll work from home when we just do the stuff we can do solo without recognizing that mm -hmm. actually that means you need some sort of coordination around, mm -hmm. you know, when I, I don't want to do my collaborative stuff on a Monday mm -hmm. morning, I want to do it on a Wednesday afternoon. And, you know, so <laughs> how are you? Are you going to come into the office when I'm in the office? Or, you know, mm -hmm. so there's, there's some very practical things there from a a management perspective but from a from a communications perspective i mean what do you what do you see from an internal communicator's perspective obviously what do you what do you do you perceive there are some of the challenges and things that we need to be kind of tuning into and helping organizations to try and solve mm. i i think that i think we can't underestimate the impact of digital communication mm. positively and negatively mm. and there are both um, and that's something that, as a profession, we need to uh, wrestle with um, and understand and make sense of to come up with the best um, solutions or best mm -hmm. ways forward for our organisations. Mm -hmm. I think that on a positive note, yes, we have instilled trust. Yes, we have instilled uh, people are going, well, actually, if you treat me fairly and let me work how I want to work and where I want to work, I'm going to commit to you. Mm. You know, I'm going to give you my best because I, you're, you're being fair to me. So there's kind of that, 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 that kind of, I guess, new employment contract, should mm. we say, mm. that's, that, that, that's seeing that, that really positively. And yes, the other positive from a digital communication point of view is connectivity. Yeah. Because we can connect with anybody, anytime anywhere in the world we have overcome that sort of accessibility piece um, or actually if there is a problem or something needs to be talked about or we need mm. to have open dialogue we can go right you know going on to a live session i'm here let's talk about it and you can do that in mo instantaneously almost mm. Mm. so there is and actually having that that closeness so leaders now can be to some degree closer because you can engage in continuous dialogue you haven't got to wait for the next physical event to keep the conversation going or to be tuning in or at the water cooler you know so there is many positives in that point of, of connectivity and accessibility and also that point of pace and timing yeah um so we don't let you know when a message hasn't landed we can deal with that straight away so it doesn't fester and become something something different or more yeah. challenging yeah but on the other negative side of things, we I certainly am hearing it a lot in the profession is everyone's really worried about they're saying engagement is dropping and yeah. you can deem engagement under whatever term yeah. is right for you. Some people might mean that as a click through. Some people might take that from from, you know, their employee surveys yeah. or just the general feeling of the organization. I think we are also dealing with challenges around presenteeism. I think yeah. we're um we're dealing with new habits that some people don't appreciate mm. and we mustn't let them fester. We now, we now have, we've got too much to do. So I'll listen into you, but I'll work at the same time. So how, and how does that feel for the person that's presenting? Yeah. yeah. And how does it also feel when you're in the physical and you're at home and what's fair and what's not fair? Or how are we using digital communications to make sure the voices of the extroverts and the introverts are being mm. heard? Because mm. we all have different preference styles. We also have the other negative impact of overload of content. Yeah. We are in an information overload. And we're sometimes, I think, struggling to cut through in our messages, in our channels, um, because we're trying to understand and I think there is the challenge of square peg round hole sometimes. Mm, mm, We've mm. had these platforms, these channels, and these ways of working. We're not going to ditch them. We're just going to try and make them work in the new world. Mm. 
but are they really working in the new world? Mm -hmm. And do we need to reimagine our design process? Um, but also I think that the impact of digital on relationships and I think on, I think that also from an L&D perspective, exposure is really important. You know, you take the, what, the 70-20-10 rule. Yeah. We've taken away, for those people joining in, that sense of exposure, that sense of mm. listening and understanding and being tapped in. You know, I'm certainly finding it. We are losing our sense of empathy for each other because we mm. can't see what each other is dealing with. Mm. Mm. So as a, as a community of professionals, we have a lot – of positives to engage with, but we must be really mindful of those negatives and what they're doing to the way people feel, interact, learn, develop, progress, um, and come together as a community. Because community, I'm going to go back to that word, is really important. Mm, mm. And go back to that point of view, we are social creatures. So how are we enabling that? But you've got that backdrop of people that some want and some that don't. And like I said earlier, I don't have the answer of how you deal with that right now, but we mm, need to, as a mm. community, work through that more and more together. So yeah, we think about yeah. how we design into our new world and where sometimes the round peg and the square hole, just we need to abandon that and yeah. think with a fresh perspective. Yeah. And I, and I think if if not if we're not already involved in those conversations, we need to get our elbows out and make sure we are because I think there's a danger that it's too it's 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 HR, it's kind of, you know, it's senior exec decision, you know, but we, we need to be kind of the almost the not I don't want to sound like sort of militant, but you know, we need to be the sort of spokesper people for the for the for the for the employees to make sure yes, that we you know, we 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 have our finger on the pulse and we can represent and, and also express some of the these mm. trends which I totally agree with I think you you know absolutely spot on there in terms of the things that you you know the pros and the cons of mm. of this whole sort of new working environment that we're in yeah so um what what's the, what's the just just to kind of wrap it mm. wrap up yes. your big your biggest hope and that's a bit really difficult question to answer but if, there, if there's to like narrow it down to one thing but you know if if there was one thing if we were to re, hopefully we'll we'll record this mm. at the crikey at the end of 22 beginning mm. of 2023 that's yeah. a, f a frightening thought um but um but but if we were you know we, if you we could sort of mm. we nailed one thing you know mm. for you what would that what would really what would good look like from that perspective I, I think from from a good perspective in terms of I'm going to go with the feeling piece is that sense of pride. Mm. We feel pride as a community because we've, yeah. we've 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 not in danger of reacting, but we have really taken away thoughts, mm. um, become solution bearers, or become people that are okay with trial and error mm. and learning and advising. And so I think I hope by the end of 2022 we'll have more answers mm. we'll have more evidence of what works and what doesn't because it takes time to go through these processes mm. um and we'll have more lessons learned that, that that we can put forward but i hope that what we have done i guess as a profession is feel really proud yeah. but actually understood that we can go into that organization with a sense of confidence and a sense of influence and impact mm. to kind of catch things and make sure things are done right but if they're not done right, to make sure we acknowledge that and learn from those experiences. Mm, mm, mm. Um, because there's a lot on our plate um, mm. and I think we have a lot of opportunity. So I guess if I, yeah, my word would be just pride. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, that's brilliant, General. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. And, um, you know, I think what I've taken from that is that um, there's a lot to be optimistic for. Um, I think it sounds like, you know, the Institute and the profession are in, in, a, in a great shape and in good hands. And, and I think, you know, I think um, we, we we do play a leading role in, in, in sort of coming out of this. And I won't use all the kind of cliches, of, you know, the building back better and all that sort of thing. But I do think we do have a, a kind of key, a key role um, to play in that. Uh, and and I think uh, you know I think really appreciate the insights that you've you've shared with us there. Mm. Um, I'm going to spring you with the, 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 the this is the other first person who I've sprung <laughs> this question on twice. So I'm kind of I know and I know that we, I asked the, the first time we asked we spoke last year. You shared your kind of um, your expertise in anything everything related to asbestos. No, you you said you'd worked in the asbestos <laughs> industry very early in your career, I did, yeah. which was a kind of a, 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 a an interesting one because we found we had a common mm. denominator there, which was hard hats. <laughs> And rigor boots. We both kind of had careers that involved that in the early stages, um, which is completely unrelated to what we do now. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you under under pressure, mm. Jen, for another another th- something else we didn't know about you. And I'm by by we didn't. I'm talking about kind of people who know you mm. quite well. Emma. Obviously, people listening to this podcast who've yeah. hearing you for the first time probably don't know a lot about you. But but uh, <laughs> even even people who know you well, what 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 have you what what have you got for us this time? Oh gosh, the people that know me well let's hope we never get them on a podcast um, because you know that 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 could be dangerous um i i I think i am a a pretty straight up as we've talked about this as an open real person i think the things that you probably don't know is i'm incredibly silly uh, a very silly sense of humor i am as Um, well so that's good yeah Mm. i'm probably a bit of a goof on a on a with with my friends if that's a word that you could you can use um and probably i would say i have a an obsession with interior design and uh thrillers and murder mysteries which i think has become my my lockdown love um, that i can't seem to shake so you'll find me being really silly then going and trying to buy lots of paint samples and right. then ending the day with some kind of thriller, murder, mystery, um, obsession with like An police in- programs. Interesting <laughs> behavioural pattern. I wonder what a psychologist would make of that. <laughs> make of that what you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 I, we've all got, I'm, I, yes, I, I, yes, I, I, I can, uh, I like the silliness. I, I, yeah. I, I like all of them. I, I, I share your love of silliness. So that, that'd be interesting. We'll, uh, yes, we'll have to, um, hopefully at one of these events next year, we'll be able to kind of uh, share some silliness, uh, yes. have some laughs in the bar after the event or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah, Belly laughs change everything. Oh, they do. Yeah. We, 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 my, my wife were reflecting on some stuff the other day and, you know, there was a lot to be kind of like somber about and we just yes. burst out laughing and, and it was just, cause it was just so preposterous <laughs> the situation we found ourselves in. But anyway, but um, anyway, well, look, that, that is absolutely wonderful. Jen, you shared three for the price. And next we're gonna have to really struggle next time. To find I'm you're thing giving now. us four now, four <laughs> things. We've, we've got three this time. So no, that's been brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I did last time which is put a link to the IOIC if anyone uh, is looking to find out more about IOIC um, I'll also put a link into your podcast I'll put a link into your your own uh, LinkedIn profile as well is there anything else that sort of you want me to share that, that we can put yeah. into the show notes you know, I or? think honestly, everything you want to know about us is there's lots of resources and things on the website, on the website have a yeah. tune into websites uh, to our podcast sorry yes. and yeah if anybody ever wants to get in touch has any queries yet yeah, LinkedIn me <laughs> fantastic you know uh, definitely Jen and that's brilliant and I really appreciate you giving up your time on behalf of our listeners because I know you're really really busy at the moment and and it's uh, it's huge value and um, really really appreciated so thanks a lot Jen and take care and all the best for the rest of this year and obviously for 2022
And you too, Craig. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Jen. So thank you for listening to Engaging Internal Comms. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the show and any questions, ideas, or feedback that you'd have. Anything you'd like us to cover on future episodes too, please. So you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can get in touch with us via the contact form at engagingic.com. You can also sign up to our mailing list there and we'll send you relevant news about the show and anything that we think you might be interested in when it comes to internal communications and employee engagement. If you like the show and you haven't already done so, please subscribe to it directly via your podcast service. Uh, And you can also subscribe via the links on our podcast page, which again is engagingic.com. If you like the show, we'd be really grateful if you could leave us a review um, and also if you could leave some verbal uh, feedback there as well, not just stars. That's always nice to know that we've been appreciated and particularly how we've helped you. If you know anyone else who might like the show or might benefit from it, please tell them, please share it with them. Please share the link to our website, engagingic.com. And uh, that would be great because we want to grow our community. We want to get as many people involved in the show as possible. Um, And we, uh, yeah, the, the bigger, the better. Okay, thank you. Thank you.